Hello and welcome to an emergency podcast for Refs Need Love 2 this week. I was rattled to my core yesterday uh, watching a video from one of the friends of the channel. She was sharing an awful experience of abuse she received while refing a high school soccer match. And I just had to hop on and do a podcast this morning. So this morning we're going to talk about Descent. We're going to listen to her story. And then I got a few hot takes that I'm going to throw out regarding the laws of the game that I'd like to change. And of course, the mailbag. So stay tuned. So why is it so hard to address dissent on the pitch? Right? Like it is so easy, I think, in retrospect, after we've done a match and there's been dissent to be like, you know, gosh, that was really, that wasn't just an outburst of emotion. That wasn't just atmosphere. That was disrespectful. Like that was rude. Like that definitely should have been card worthy. Why didn't I, I take action and show that card? And I'm talking about reflections as an experienced referee, and I've got over 10 years of experience, and I have those types of thoughts and think, man, I should have should have carded that coach earlier, or should have carded that coach at all, or, or really should have sent them off. Imagine if you are a brand new referee. Okay, brand new. Now that's not the the person that inspired me to do uh this post. But I will tell you, I, I got this uh, message on Instagram uh, that was from a parent okay, <laughs> talking about the post that I made about this young lady. And she writes, I watched a game at a tournament a few years back where this father was dropping F-bombs at this teenage referee constantly at a 10-year-old soccer game. Like, okay, I'm just going to read that one more time so that you got that. The father sitting on the sideline dropping F-bombs at a teenage referee, teenage referee at a 10-year-old soccer game. Referee was maybe 16 years old. I mean, that's their guess. They were probably uh, younger than that, I would guess. By himself, he was refing because there's a lack of refs, so no assistance there to help him out or to con- talk to or to console or to help support. And to boot, she writes, this father had his maybe seven-year-old daughter on his lap while cussing out this poor kid. Finally, finally, what a great you know role model this guy is. Finally, she writes, someone running the tournament pulled the guy aside and talked to him. Not sure why he wasn't thrown out. Okay, first, can we just address the fact that the author, okay, she, she writes her, she calls herself a goalie mom. Okay, the author is at this match with what I assume is going to be an entire sideline of other adults, adults, and they're expecting the teenager who's supposed to be focused on the U10 soccer match. So I'm assuming this guy is not very experienced guy or gal in the middle um, you know, of this match is not very experienced. They're expecting that this kid is going to deal with this aggressive parent dropping F-bombs at him. This teenager who's been told their entire life to respect their elders, somehow, some way, they are supposed to go address this aggressive dude. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> 
Uh, is there not another adult sitting there who can calmly say, sir, that behavior is unacceptable. Please stop throwing F-bombs around first off, and then please stop abusing the teenager in the middle who's trying to work our kids match or proactively go get a tournament administrator to address that person if that person's really being quite ugly and nasty. I mean, I don't know, but it's just so funny that we've got an adult saying, yeah, why didn't the teenager uh, address that dissent? Well, it's intimidating and it's scary and it's not natural. It's not normal in society where you'd have a teenager, you know, walk up to an aggressive adult who's bigger and obviously agitated and ask them to stop. They don't get that kind of training. When we do our referee training, and I'm now going through my referee mentor training, I'm going to be finishing up in a couple of weeks. When we talk about the first training that we do for new referees. I mean, we are talking like basic hand signals, how to blow the whistle, flag signals, basic positioning. Okay. We go over some plays and, and talk about, Hey, what do you see there type of thing? Just to give them some idea of the difference between what might be a yellow card offense might be a record. I mean, it's very, 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 very extremely basic and they probably get nothing. Um, they do an online training for four or five hours as we know, and it goes over some basic, situations that you might for offside determining offside things of that nature and you know rules of the game and laws of the game but they don't talk about management of the match match control they certainly don't talk about the type of dialogue you should have with the players or dialogue you should have with the coaches or how to properly address the sideline when you have someone that agitated i mean yes i I feel like i remember in a research not long ago that they did kind of talk about, you know, warn, caution, dismiss. They did. But man, when you're in it, it is so, so, so dramatically different than anything you might have seen on a screen two or three years before. You know, reality is dramatically different from those scenarios that they throw in (laughs) those certifications or trainings, let me tell you. So, What I want to do uh, in this podcast is I want to play this young woman's video and I want to comment about what she talks about in here, Um, kind of break it down a little bit uh, to help us as we move forward. And I, I will tell you, I was messaging with this young woman yesterday and she is going to go forward. She wasn't sure if she were, but, you know, <laughs> I think my support and the support of the entire referee community rallying around her, you know, posting about, uh, you know, to her on this video and messaging her in her local um, Southern California Referee Association has inspired her to move forward. But I want you to hear this and I will tell you, um, you know, all too familiar and all too common. Hi guys. So normally I don't post serious things on TikTok, but I had a really rough game tonight and it didn't need to be that way. The game itself wasn't that big a deal. There wasn't a whole lot going on, but according to the coach, you know, I was missing every single thing there was to be missed. All right. I want to stop right there. First off for context, this was a high school soccer match. A high school soccer match. High school is supposed to be an extension of the classroom. (laughs) Okay. So I want you to keep that in mind as you listen to the, the rest of this podcast. 
an extension of the classroom. Okay. Very, very important. Um, <laughs> secondly, she said, it doesn't need to be like this. No, it certainly doesn't need to be like this at all. No one should have to deal with what this young lady uh, dealt with. Oh, one more thing. She also said that I could understand if you feel like I'm missing calls, right? And you don't have to agree with every call. Yeah, of course. In every single match, there are going to be times when the coach you know, feels that a call should have gone one way or another, and we feel like it should have gone another way. That is totally common to have disagreement. Now, whether or not it's verbalized, that's something different um, in every single match. And we should expect that as referees. And that's fine. Look, I, I get it. We're all human. You don't have to agree with all my calls. But when, hey, I think you missed that foul, goes to you're a fat fucking bitch. I mean, I think you crossed the line. And when you don't realize that you crossed this line, that that's a completely unacceptable thing to say to me, and you're going to continue... I don't know where that comes from. I have a day job and nobody comes to my desk and calls me a fat fucking bitch or tells me to get the fat out of my eyes, which I don't even know what that means. Or, hey, I need to change my prescription or maybe there's something wrong with my glasses or whatever. Nobody does that because, (laughs) I mean, there are standards, right? All right, I'm going to stop it uh, right there, and I'm going to let the rest of the video play out in a second. Um, But let's just all agree (laughs) that there certainly is a massive difference between, hey, you know, that was a foul. You know, someone's saying there should have been a foul called there, or, oh, that's never a foul. You know, that's a very common thing that people will will say, you know, when they're objecting to a foul. Like, oh, come on. Okay, that is you know, what I would say, an outburst of, of emotion um, in a match. And we should expect that as referees. People are passionate, you know, players, coaches, spectators. You're going to get, you know, people reacting to certain calls. Oh, come on. Like that, that is life. I mean, they're verbalizing what they're feeling inside. But, but things change, okay, if it's, you know, on every single play, if it's demonstrative, like they're stamping and they're 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 throwing their arms up, you know, at the referee and they're like confronting the referee. With, oh my god, that never a foul. Okay, now that becomes dissent. So now that's going to affect our match control. That's going to affect our credibility. That's going to affect our our ability to to officiate this match. Okay, so there we start getting to. Okay, so we should warn, you know, if it starts becoming persistent, but certainly if we've got dissent, okay, it's visible, audible, public, or persistent dissent, that's when we move to a yellow card and we caution them. Hey, if that happens again, okay, there'll be a second yellow card and you will be dismissed. But I'm giving you a caution now for dissent. Okay. What she is describing, what she is describing in this video Okay, when she talks about the F bomb, calling someone a fat, which is derogatory and insulting, effing, okay, <laughs> absolutely offensive, B, bitch, I'm just gonna say it here. Okay, that is absolutely what we would consider to be off in a bus language. Okay, it's the acronym for offensive, insulting, and abusive 
language. It's very important to know the difference so we know how and when we can take action if it happens. Let's talk about the next thing that she describes here. Or maybe there's something wrong with my glasses or whatever. Nobody does that because, (laughs) I mean, there are standards, right? Okay. She says there are standards, right? Yeah. I mean, in any other professional context, you would never, ever, ever, ever have a colleague, let's say it's a, a coworker in another department, because that's what this is, right? Like you got coaches, you got players, you got spectators, you got refs. We're all there, you know, playing a role in the beautiful game here. You know, there's a potentially a field administrator, you know, there's an assigner, there's all different people who participate in the beautiful game. In no other professional context, I work in marketing in my full-time job. If the person from accounting came up and started screaming at me and started insulting me, well, let me tell you, I, mean, I would document that. I mean, first off, I'd tell them, hey, you're completely out of line. You need to get yourself together. And I've done that a number of times. you know. And then I'd go to HR and we would write it up and that person might get fired. And I've been through that a number of times in my professional career. I just recently had someone um, in, in an HR scenario who got fired because their conduct was just completely unprofessional in the office and, and numerous times and documented by a number of different people. So, I mean, I think, again, her point that there's standards like, yeah, like if this is a school event or it's a youth sporting event or even if it's a you know professional soccer match – there is a, a basic level of respect and decorum that is required. That is required. And when it becomes a toxic environment where someone has breached those standards and they are using offensive, insulting, and abusive language, there must be consequences. There must be consequences. All right, I'm going to play the rest of her video here. So shouldn't there be standards? When it comes to officiating, why are you going to come out to the soccer fields and start yelling horrible, heinous, personal things to me that you're not going to say to a coworker that you probably wouldn't say to anyone, really, except maybe an official? And when did that become acceptable? And then people wonder, hey, why is there a referee shortage? Well, this is why. Because... I gotta bring that home with me. Yeah, it sucks. And now I'm at home thinking, why the fuck do I do this? We're going to take a quick break for words from our sponsor. It's better than an in-game water break. When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. Oh my gosh, dude. Let me tell you, I have wished, listened to that video like <laughs> 20 times and I'm still sitting here about to cry. I'm still sitting here about to cry because of why did that young lady have to go through that? To what end? To what end did that coach have to say those nasty things 
to that person. What were they getting out of that? Did they think that all of a sudden this referee is going to start calling the game dramatically different in favor of their team because of the insults that they've lodged towards this young woman? Did they think that somehow their team is going to play dramatically better because of the insults lodged at this young woman? Are they going to get a raise as a high school soccer coach? Pretty much a guy pays nothing to be there. <laughs> oh my gosh. What end to what end? How did that benefit anyone? How does the offensive, insulting, abusive language that's often lodged at referees, who does that help at all? It is so self-serving to maybe that little small person who that coach who's yelling those things are they feeling like more of a man they feel like a bigger person because they get to abuse someone who can't abuse them back like a bully please man it is disgusting it is so atrocious and it absolutely is bullying behavior because no way a referee can say anything like that back right like they'd lose their job. They'd never be able to referee again. It would be a viral video. It would go, oh, look at what this referee said. Like, are you kidding? At a school event, if they said those things to the principal or another teacher at the school or to a student, they'd be fired. They would lose their job. Now, in this scenario, and I, I've talked with this, this young referee. We've had a number of messages um, back and, and forth Uh, unfortunately, she only yellow carded the coach and she did not red card the coach during the game. And again, I I totally get it. Sometimes like when you hear this uh, dissent or abuse, you you try and ignore it. If you're not sure who it comes from, did it come from a spectator? You know, did it come from coach? I don't know, but you're in the middle of the pitch and you're just trying to move on with the match. And sometimes you're just trying to ignore it and move forward. But I'm going to tell you guys, listen, dissent is one thing. Often a bus language is another. If someone throws offensive, insulting, and abusive language, we must card them. I'm not saying don't get in their face, but man, you walk towards them from middle of the field, wherever you are, and you show that red card and you point. And man, if they do not leave the field, okay, or if they, you know, again, resist leaving the field and someone else can't get them off the field, abandon the match, blow your whistle three times, go home, write that report. Now, I've encouraged this young lady to still report this incident to the league and the assigner, they must write this up. And I've done this myself in scenarios where I felt threatened and, and during the game and I was a fourth official and literally felt threatened for, you know, my physical safety and had to run off the pitch with my fellow colleagues. We wrote it up afterwards and we wrote up exactly what we said. And, you know, the league was like, why didn't you red card him at the time? It's like, we were really worried about our physical safety. Okay. And, and now in retrospect, we should have, but I want you to know what happened. And that coach was, was suspended because it wasn't their first time. But the only way those suspensions are really going to add up is if we document it. Now, I'm really happy to say that after talking with this young uh, referee, this wonderful, courageous woman, um, that, you know, at first she was like, I don't know if I'm going to do this again. Now she's like, all right, I got this because <laughs> she got all this wonderful support from the referee community and, and we're, we've all been there and we're with her. Um, but I'm going to read you what I, what I wrote to her. You know, it is not what happens to us in life. It is how we respond to it that matters. The only way we're going to feel better about an incident like this is by moving forward and changing how we would handle it next time. This experience will not define you. It is how you handle it that will define you. 
file your report and move forward stronger. And I, I told her, I mean, I've been in similar scenarios where I should have carted a coach or I should have sent someone off or I should have had a spectator, you know, removed. I should have. And I didn't do it earlier in my career. I I told the story of the first time that I was going to have to give a red card. I think I was like two years in and it was like a U15 match and my son was the AR2 and there was an incident um, down like in the goal area, whatnot, where these two kids were getting into it with each other. Um, and I kind of like, you know, blew my whistle and kind of separated them and behind my back where I didn't see that two other kids had gotten into it. One kid threw a punch and he, he missed, but he definitely threw a punch and, and these guys were kind of like getting into it and pushing each other as well. And so once I got everything settled down, my son called me over and he said, Hey, you know, number whatever, number 10, you know, threw a punch. He definitely needs, you know, a card and he was already on a yellow card. And I swear I said to Jacob, I was like, well, is there a yellow card? If I have to go another yellow card, he's going to get another yellow card. He's going to get sent off. And he's like, you need to do that. And I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, it's, it's okay. It was close to the end of the match. I mean, I was chicken. I was chicken. I should have shown that second card. He threw a punch for gosh sakes. At another kid's head. They were pushing and shoving. It is definitely a yellow card offense. And I chickened out. But let me tell you, my son railed me out in the car ride home. I think he was like 12 years old and he's telling a 42 year old man, you know, like, are you kidding me, dad? Like, how could you not do that? How could you not show that card? And I, and I, it changed me, you know? And I was like, you know, you're right. You know, I've got a job to do. I need to be confident to show a red card when a red card happens. And even with dissent, like sometimes, you know, you'll have it happen to you in your career. And then in retrospect, you know, this doesn't feel right. Like he shouldn't have been yelling at me all game. You know, I should not have let that happen all game. I should have stamped that out with a yellow card sooner. And if it didn't stop, I should show a red card. And it has changed me as a coach. And I have sent off parents and I have sent off coaches and I have carded coaches and I've been a lot quicker with my cards. And, you know, I mean, I think there was a generation of referees who were, you know, old school. It's like, keep your eyes open and your ears closed. And they just ignore that stuff. Well, all they do is they make it worse for the next ref. Because what you accept is what you permit, okay? It's what you promote. If you do not take action on dissent, you are just making it worse the next time you're there and then for every other ref that comes after you, okay? We are just feeding the fire. We must take action. We must take action. Oh, my gosh. I tell you, it's uh, the stuff just gets me so unbelievably upset. I just want to say one more time, if you're going to file that report, man, do not leave a word out. Okay. Don't say effing, spell it out. <laughs> Don't say the B word, spell it out. You know, I mean, seriously, word for word, every single word you can remember when you get to your car, write it all down so you could file that report with the exact verbiage that was used. Please, please, you're helping everyone out when you do it and you'll be able to pay it forward. Okay. Uh, just a couple of little things here that I want to go into now. We're going to lighten the mood a little bit, and I'm going to do some hot takes on some changes to the game that I would like to see happen. Now, this was literally just something that popped into my mind. I don't know. It's like Wednesday night or Thursday night. And so I want to just verbalize it out to you. I would love for you to shoot me an email. Let me know what you think about this, um, because I think there's I think there's some merit in this. Honestly, I don't think I'm completely crazy on these ideas. I do think the game has to evolve as the game evolves and the players evolve. 
Okay, but here, here's my number one hot take. Number one hot take. Red cards are too severe a punishment for most of the red card fouls that I see in the in Premier League. Let me just say that in Premier League. Because I feel like often in the Premier League, it feels like many of the red card offenses that we see these days are things that were a yellow card on the pitch or not seen at all on the pitch and then upgraded to a red card um, by video assistant uh, review by VAR. And I'm going to use the uh, Rashford uh, challenge that happened about a, a month and a half ago where he was kind of doing a, like a turn and a player came in sliding underneath him and his foot came down like literally underneath Rashford, but his foot came down with studs into the player's ankle. You know, Rashford knew nothing about that at all. And then most recently, the dominant Calvert-Lewin uh, red card uh, that occurred where ref who was like 10 yards away had a really good view. It didn't even call a foul on the pitch. Didn't even call a foul on the pitch. But then when you go to VAR and you slow that thing down to, you know, however many frames per second, all of a sudden it becomes a red card. And not only is that team playing down the rest of the match, but that player misses the next match as well. And I think this is the game has changed, but the way we card has not changed or the types of cards we can give. And I'm going to give the example of in basketball, in the NBA, if you're American, you're familiar with basketball, uh, international has as different way they call this for uh, FIBA rules, but in the NBA, they have what's called a flagrant one and a flagrant two. Okay. So say red card one, red card two for our language here. Uh, the flagrant one is unnecessary contact committed by a player against an opponent. And you could say, well, that's your yellow card. That's your yellow card. Um, whereas the more serious flagrant two is unnecessary and excessive contact committed by a player against an opponent. And that flagrant or two is an immediate ejection of the offender. Now, that ejection, that ejection does not mean that that basketball team has to play down a player all match like it does in soccer or football. I mean, that is a dramatic change of the game. If that foul happens in the first 10 minutes of the game, everyone's like, oh, you know, the referee is, you know, reticent, doesn't want to throw out a red card too early because it would dramatically change the game or something like that. Because it does. It does dramatically change the game. It, it does. If you've got 10 men versus 11, it is an outrageous advantage to the other team. And we are seeing now, you know, because the, you know, the rules have changed. And I get it, you know, for player safety that, you know, again, player slides in, gets the ball first, makes what we would normally consider to be a good challenge. But on that way through, like the tip of their, their boot catches the other players, you know, like ankle or something in nature. And all of a sudden, you know, they are dismissed, they are playing a person down, and um, then they have to miss the next match as well. And I think about, okay, what were red card offenses 30 years ago, you know, 40 years ago? And we think about these crazy two-legged leg breaker challenges, like completely out of control. I mean, even to earn a yellow card 30 years ago, right? Like you had to do some really, really nasty stuff to get a yellow card offense, you know, you know, now it's it's a tug on the shirt here or there, or you know, a bit of a hip check, and someone goes flying down acting. You know, there's yellow cards flying. I think the game has changed, and how we card needs to change. So, what I would like to see, what I would like to see, is that if it is really considered to be, and I know it's going to drive people nuts. I'm sorry, but a truly legitimate play on the ball. 
and the tackle was, was with some semblance of control. That, yes, if it does hit high, certainly, okay? Or it might have been from behind or something of that nature where it was, you know, it could be, you know, more than a reckless foul, but it, it certainly could cause harm, you know, to a player, uh, significant harm that we might indeed still have a red card, but it does not mean that the other team has to play down a, a player for the entire match. Now, if you get two of those in a game, certainly just like a yellow card, you're gone. But I, I think that would be better than, a, the way we have red cards today. And, and I know, you know, there's a talk of sin bins, but the sin bin has been specifically talked about for things like stopping a promising attack or something in nature or dissent, not necessarily another way to address these kind of borderline reckless challenges. Is it a yellow card? Is it a red card? And I think there needs to be something different between a yellow card, which someone just gets to continue on in the match and someone is ejected their team has to play down a player for the game and they miss the next match. I just think it's too much of a jump to go from a yellow card to the way we currently punish a red card. And if it was serious, you know, foul play, it might even be a three match ban, not just a one match ban um, for like two yellow card offenses. So that's my first thing. Hot take. You tell me what you think. Shoot me an email. Um, I'd love to hear from you at refs need love to at gmail.com. Um, second thing, I think there should be a penalty arc rather than a penalty area or box. Don't kill me for saying penalty box, but you know what I'm talking about here. The rectangular shape that comes out, you know, the the, the 18 yards uh, from the goal line to be specific. Okay, that's what I'm I'm talking about here. I think the arc that's used in futsal or in the NBA is probably a, a more fair way of kind of defining that penalty area. Because again, if you get this little, you know, trip of a foul that happens again still, you know, 20 yards, you know, from goal and it's all the way in the corner. Um, there's no way that person's shooting on goal from where that little foul happens or something in nature. I just think it's a, you know, just a massive, massive, you know, um, it, it advantage to then give them a shot from the penalty spot, uh, 12 uh, yards away from the goal mouth. Uh, so I'd like to see a penalty arc. I'd also another change there too. Uh, what if penalties were taken from the spot of the foul? That's right. Penalties taken from the spot of the foul. So again, that little trip that happens uh, right on the edge of the penalty area down by the goal line um, as someone beats their man. Um, again, we're giving people a, a penalty shot for that foul. And listen, I know it's hard to score. Uh, trust me. But I just think that would be interesting if someone had a, a free kick from where the spot of the foul took place. It would really change the, the, the penalty a great deal. The other thing that would change the, the penalty a great deal or just the goals in general is to make the goals bigger. I thought it was really interesting. Uh, Gigi Buffon talking about when he started his career, he would be the tallest person on uh, in the league, <laughs> you know, or one of the top five people in the league when he started. And now he's not even top five tallest people on the pitch during a game on his own team. So out of 11 players, he's not even tallest guy out of, you know, 11 players. He's like fourth or fifth tallest. And so I think it's really interesting. The goals have changed. Um, goalkeepers skills have dramatically changed. And I wonder if it makes sense now that we, we need to adjust the size of the goals to make it more exciting and, and make it a little bit um, higher scoring. I'm just saying, okay, I'm just, just throwing that out there as kind of hot takes um, a little bit. Okay. A couple more things I want to just throw out as my hot takes here. <laughs> what if, and, and this is, you know, this, this has to happen. I just don't understand how it's not yet, but all comms 
are transparent throughout the entire game, please. I mean, I think that would be so cool. And I really do think it would eliminate a lot of dissent if the microphones on the referees picked up everything that was said to the refs during a match. Now, yes, referees would have to be careful what they say, but I think most of them are extremely careful, especially at the professional level, as to what they're saying to players during a match. And there is banter from time to time, but I think it would really clean up the language and eliminate a lot of dissent. And then when there is dissent, it would be very easy and clear to say, yeah, that's unacceptable language. And we have to address that, you know, with a card or suspension. Okay. Um, The other thing, VAR should be done on the big screen in the stadium, just like it is done in rugby. That's right. If there's a screen in the stadium and not all stadiums in the professional level have this, but I think the referee should be looking up the big screen and their communication with the VAR should be transparent so that we're all looking at the same thing. We know exactly why a decision is being made in this day and age. There's no reason not to do it. Um, Last one here, hot take, the offside line should be one foot wide. Okay. When I say one foot, I'm talking about 12 inches. Okay. If we want to go metric, fine. Let's call it 15 centimeters. I don't care. You figure it out. Um, but it should be wider. I'm really, really sick of seeing these offside decisions that are again, done by a toenail or, you know, is that the shoulder? Is it the edge of the sleeve? I don't know what it is or something like that. It's just, again, it's not in the spirit of the game. It's not. And so there should be a wider margin error because the frame rate on the video is not real life. It is almost impossible to see the exact moment that a ball has been struck and the exact moment that we need to be judging offside. You know, it's played fast. I mean, it's real life. It's moving faster than the video can capture accurately. Why are we keeping it to, you know, the smallest of margins? I think that needs to be to be changed. So those are, those are my, <laughs> those are my hot takes. I, I do apologize for, for throwing all those things out at you guys today there, but I just felt like I needed to get those things out and I would love to hear your guys' thoughts. And I just want to finish with one last thing from the mailbags. I think this is so cool. Um, I got a letter uh, from a referee. He said, I just wanted to say thank you. I've been refereeing for almost two years here in the UK and thanks to your content, I've continued even when I was assaulted threatened and had players trying to fight me. Now I have been selected to represent my County FA Lincolnshire to referee at the Iber cup in Spain. So thank you. I wouldn't have carried on if it wasn't for you. Oh my gosh. Second time this morning, I'm about to cry. Um, again, I'm so thrilled that my channel has inspired people, uh, not only here in the United States, but all around the world. Um, I will tell you this network of referees that we've created is so, so, so important. It is so easy to feel alone. You know, you can't talk to your family. They've not ref. They don't know. Well, my son did, so he gets it. But most people don't have that luxury. You can't talk to your friends. They've never refed. You know, can't talk to your parents about it. They've never refed. I mean, it's a small group of us that ref and we need to stick together and we need to communicate and we need to support each other to get through those tough times because that won't be all the time, but those tough times really stick out in our mind. It's evolutionary biology. You know, we remember the negatives that have happened to us so that we can survive. And that's what we should do. We should remember, Oh, you know, that guy ate that berry and died. Don't eat those berries. (laughs) Hey, you know, when you're climbing, you know, you're going up that road, watch out. There's going to be a big hole over there. Make sure you don't step in that hole. Last time someone did that, they broke their ankle and they died because they couldn't eat. It's a thing. Okay. (laughs) You know, people learn 
through negative experience. Now, let me just say that if we, as a as a as a tribe, share those experiences, then we don't have to eat that poison berry or step in that that hole and die. We don't have to give up doing what we love as referees. We can share these experiences, learn from them, and become stronger together. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's pod. Uh, again, this is you know something I love doing when I have the time to do it, and I hope that it helps you. Uh, please share your story with me. Shoot me an email at refsneedlove2 at gmail.com. Check me out on TikTok and an Insta under the same uh, the Refs Need Love 2 channel. I so appreciate your support. Please, if you don't mind, if you haven't already, you know, support the brand. Head to refsneedlove2.com. Get yourself a merch. I just got myself cool magnet for the back of my car get a coin you know get some cards do something you know everything that you do helps support me continuing to invest in this brand and take this further and farther um again i love you i support you and i hope that your next match is red card free